Hey everyone, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jen, and welcome to Devilish Bookworms, the podcast. Where we read and review books and release episodes every Tuesday. This week we have Murder on the Christmas Express by Alexandra Benedict. Ooh! I've got to start by saying this is Agatha Christie inspired. Obviously, if you don't know, now you know. Now you know. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to get copyright infringement for that? (laughs) I fucking hope not. But, so listen. Obviously, there was Murder on the Orient Express, which, great book. Great book. Kenneth Branagh. Uh, You keep talking about the, the latest... I love him. I know you do. And I'm like, that is not even my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Don't get me wrong. But there is a better version. Yeah. But I mean, don't get me wrong. He really did Emma Thompson wrong. But uh, just as an act, as a performer, as a creative, (gasps) stunning. Well, all I can say is I, I love Agatha Christie. I'll you keep really it at do. that. I you do. love Agatha Christie. I really, really do. So okay. as much as you talked about the Nutcracker last week, this week is going to be 10 times worse because you you love, I, I feel like you love Agatha Christie as much as I love Anne Rice. <laughs> I would probably say that's an accurate statement. <laughs> and I also believe that is fully why I love Murder, She Wrote so fucking much is because it's like an updated version of Agatha Christie updated (laughs) shut up okay so listen they're remaking all of the Agatha Christie movies and because uh they they have a a mirror cracked which actually had Angela Lansbury in it so what 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 anyways (laughs) now that I'm old as time (laughs) oh my heart anyways but Yes, they're remaking all of them, but I think Agatha Christie kind of was, like, the starting of it. Like, she was the bee's knees. Like, she was the OG female murder mystery writer, and I think, I I just love that. So then when all the- she didn't write with a pen name either. She only did Agatha Christie, huh? Yeah. But the weird, okay, so listen, I don't know if you know anything about Agatha Christie's life, but legit, this woman went missing. Yeah, Yeah, she (laughs) she fucking went missing, and then she fucking acted like everything was fine. I mean, in all fairness, she didn't just talk the talk, she walked the walk. She made herself a mystery. (laughs) Seriously, like, this woman is a legend, and I freaking absolutely love it. I'm here for it, and yes. And that, like, like I said, it's probably why I love Murder She Wrote so much because it's just like an updated Agatha Christie. I didn't say it's New Age, okay? Ugh. Anyways, so to get to our story to this week, obviously it's almost Christmas time. Everybody's on their way Christmas. home. Christmas. Christmas. Oh God. I don't understand how you're so excited. Oh my god, I'm so excited. You have no idea. Oh, I literally... Well, you have some idea because you literally have to deal with it more than almost anyone else. Yes. 
I would throw up Christmas if I could. I would. I love Christmas so much that if I were to be able to choose like Halloween town or Christmas town or like, I don't even know why they have a Thanksgiving town. I wish I wish that Jack would have gone through that door to see what the frick. Um, But like I would live in Christmas town. Are you joking me? I'm sorry I got distracted again uh see it I I literally am the perfect Grinch I'd be on Mount Crumpet I hate you Crumpet. I hate you I, I hate you that's what I said Crumpet Isn't I know it? yeah I okay. think I don't know that's what I'm pretty sure but either way I was thinking like the snack food Oh Jesus! <laughs> Season crumpets, well, Season crumpets. No, I'm gonna live with the garbage with my dog, hating everybody. I'll live in the garbage with you, and then I'll just travel down to Whoville all the time. <laughs> no, 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 because you're gonna bring too much of that Christmas spirit up with you. <laughs> yeah, okay. You'd lock you, the door halfway down. You gotta live halfway. Down. <laughs> i'll Deal. meet you halfway Deal. <laughs> compromise <laughs> all right anyway i promise to behave we... yeah right <laughs> i was crossing my fingers i was gonna say there's no making you behave or and, and my toes <laughs> what did you just say i was crossing my fingers and my toes <laughs> you why are we bringing feet into this listen i gotta make my money somehow (laughs) (laughs) that's it ladies and gentlemen we are making this a uh a whole feet fetish thing so no i'm just kidding hey Hey. you want to pay to see your feet everybody (laughs) (laughs) i can be bought (laughs) (laughs) oh lord all right Anyways, so it's almost Christmas. Everybody is obviously on their way home to their loved ones and their families, except one person. One person has one thing on their list that no one else does. (laughs) Murder is on the menu. There's 18 passengers. There's seven stops and one killer. But can you figure out who the murderer is before the last stop? In the beginning... We see the hustle and bustle of everybody trying to get home to their families. And we have the main focus of our story, who is Roz. And Roz is a ex-police member. And she is on her way home to her daughter, who is having her first grandchild, which is exciting. But she's running late. And now the train is running late. And everybody's freaking out, thinking they're not going to get home for Christmas. Obviously, because this is murder on the Christmas Express, they get on the train and everything is hunky-dory until it's not. So, Rachel, what did you think about the interactive game in the beginning? So, I loved the idea. So, there there are two games. There's the anagrams and then there is the pub quiz. And the anagrams is tracking down poems uh, and a song that are that are about trains and so it's kind of like a can you spot that 
And then there's game two, which is the pub quiz. There are multiple Kate Bush songs, which you may know Kate Bush from Running Up That Hill. And there are a ton of references to Kate Bush songs in the book. And so it's kind of a, you know, can you spot that? Um, And I thought that it was cute because it was like, of course, people who read mystery books, such as yourself, Jen, (laughs) you love to do the the search yourself so you said in the last episode that you like to like grab a pen and kind of like go along and see if you can figure out who it was I wrote down every character that we came across in the book and basically their standing or what what their whole purpose was for the story and I literally write down suspects victim killer (laughs) And, (laughs) and then I just I list everybody and their their role and then I freaking every time that I think it's someone uh i'll either put like a star or i'll I'll make some sort of annotation to be known they might be a, a, a killer or a victim but right off the bat we kind of knew who the victim was yeah that prologue i think this is one of those moments where the prologue did a really good job um yes because it kind of like automatically throws you into the stakes being high so the stakes are really high um there's also an element of social media on here they the author deals a lot with social media and how we're basically just garbage people when it comes to typing on a fucking computer and it's so bad because like she called us all out and i thought it was beautifully done um but it, it just makes the stakes so high you're automatically invested into it absolutely and like you were saying with the the interactive part it allows you to become not only a detective in your own standing but it also gives you other things to to kind of bring into play other than just who's the victim who's the killer who's just a bystander you know yeah it's like a mystery within a mystery yeah so i don't know i thought it i thought it gave it a little bit of oomph but (laughs) sorry (laughs) i don't know why i like that word though but yes uh i'm not gonna lie i was really kind of i don't know if i was annoyed by the prologue but i did like it because of the fact like (laughs) you don't know if you were annoyed by it but you liked it (laughs) yes yes because like it gives you like that whole like okay we're really just diving right into this but at the same mm. time, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to know immediately what the scene is going to be for the murder right off the bat. It gave a lot right up front. Right. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if I like it because it did give so much. And it, it drove me crazy because I, I was like, if this is it, this is not enough. But that I think that's what made me like it was because that wasn't it. I don't know. It it just it gave you enough information to get you hooked, but it didn't give you all the information. So it just you got to pay attention to the prologue, but at the same time, you're not going to get all the information you need from it. And I love that. Yeah, it definitely, it, it ended on a on a cliffhanger. So it doesn't give you the full scene. And so it was kind of like, it gave you a lot, a lot, a lot, but it didn't give you everything. And so it was kind of like, it was a big tease. I don't know. It gave you that, um, oh God, is this it? Does it happen now? Kind of. 
Yeah. Or is this exactly how it happens? Because that, that's one of the other things that you, you have to think about. No matter what kind of story you're reading when it comes to a mystery novel, there's always plot twists. There's mm -hmm. always, they're going to give you information that might not be relevant to what actually happened. And that is what makes a great book. And I think this kind of did that. It, it made it a great book by giving you a lot of information but also giving you false information or information that wasn't necessarily relevant to what you needed to know. Mm -hmm. And it it actually, if you're an average reader or a novice in solving mysteries, you'd get tripped up on some of it. And I love that. Yeah. And that's definitely the case with us because you're very much a a mystery person and I'm kind of not not that yeah. I have anything wrong with it I do love I should with everything that I've said on this podcast I should love mysteries because of the fact that I love when certain things are given and not and we're going to talk about that a little bit in a second anyway I love when certain things are held back mysteries do that they they give you that you don't get all the answers and so I should but I don't, but you do. You love you love yourself a mystery. I do. I love being able to to come up with the conclusion. Like I loved forensic science when we were doing it in school. And I actually wanted to become a forensic scientist because of all of it. Because you have a certain amount of information and it takes someone with a great brain to actually be able to put all that evidence together and come up with a conclusion. And I don't know. I've always loved trying to figure it out. One thing that I loved about the way that this book began, and it's something that I love about a lot of books, um, is I love when a book begins with an excerpt or a quote from another author or from another work. Because, of course, I love poetry. I love, you know, quotes. And I just think there's something that re that's really cool about tying in things that were and then things that are stuff like that. You know, some people might think that it's piggybacking, but I just, I, I love it. And this one began with an excerpt from a poem from Robert Louis Stevenson, who was a Scottish poet and author and journalist, all that jazz. And he was born in 1850 and he died in 1894. Some of his bigger works are um, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Treasure Island. And his poem that was quoted at the beginning was beautiful so i i just i love when they start things like that man i do as well but i think for a different reason because i i think it it's like a like an ode to the author but also maybe like kind of making it a dedication like because most of the people that do that are usually like that's their favorite author or that's yeah. what inspired them and i think that's a beautiful thing yeah and a lot and it brings awareness to people um that someone may not have known you know so like if you didn't know who this huge figure in literary history then <laughs> you know <laughs> then having this little excerpt and seeing like oh snap you know I, I like that I like that little thing that happened there it opens people up to a whole new world of ideas and thinking and and writing that they otherwise wouldn't have been introduced to which I'm all for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I do have a question for you. 
Yes. What did you think of the fact that they actually gave chapters to the killer? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was rad. I'm going to be frank. I loved this author. She's very literary. She's very... The sentences were stunning to the point where I don't have a favorite sentence. There is one sentence. Well, there's a small paragraph at the very end of the book that I adored, which I normally would have said for my favorite paragraph, but it it dives heavy into um, what actually happened. And so I'm not going to read that just because I don't want to give anything away. But um, her right. She she's stunning. Absolutely stunning. I loved her whole the whole thing her character arcs were amazing the you know this setting the scene was incredible and i love the fact that she gave us uh chapters from the killer's point of view because it was almost like it was like a story within a story because we were seeing what they were seeing and it added a little bit of um it just added a little, little something extra for me and i really liked it what about you i absolutely fell in love with her writing especially when i hit the killer's chapters Mm -hmm. because of the fact that i think it's so stupidly important to have certain information but to give the perspective of the killer without really actually giving the killer away yeah was so fucking beautiful the fact that she was able to do it and so meticulously you you got so much information from those chapters like there was a part where so Roz is playing the character of hercule perot is that how you say it um yeah kenneth branagh so she's playing kenneth branagh and (laughs) absolutely not absolutely wow she's playing wow (laughs) um and there's a there's a part in one of the character or one of the killer chapters where the killer says Roz sticks her head out and says hey we're about to have a meeting are you coming and I thought that that was almost mind-blowingly gorgeous because Roz the person who's playing the detective is looking at the killer and doesn't know who she's looking at and I was like are you joking me it was gorgeous. I loved that little chapter. I'm not going to go too far into it, but I wouldn't shut up at work about this book. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I know who it is. And I'm like, I, I'm probably like 16 pages in and I'm already making an assumption on who it is. And then, of course, I changed my assumption as a, I went a little bit further. But I think by chapter maybe five or six i knew who it was yeah but but that's because it was me all the different shows and detective things that i've watched i i knew i had a a gut feeling exactly who it was but then they fucking changed it up on you at the end Oh, okay. So I have a feeling that you thought it was exactly who I thought it was. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to keep this in the podcast, but I want to, I'm going to text you a picture of my notebook. Okay. Because I had a, I had a, uh, I had my own assumption on page 33. When I got to page 33, I was like, hmm. Okay. Excited. (laughs) This book, th- there were a lot of twists and turns. I think she did a really good job when in the realm of um, 
you think this person does it and then this person does it and then you think that person does it but really this person does it so listen <laughs> i need i need you to look at your phone so i'm dead literally we had the same I'm person dead. guys and it like not necessarily are you going to be able to guess this because of the fact that there's a plot twist so but there's always a plot twist I love that and I absolutely am dead but so literally <laughs> I, I've got to say this one thing I was sitting there talking to Mary Mary I, I love her she's one of the my friends that I work with and absolutely adore this woman and I'm sitting there one day at work and I'm I feel like, like you're saying a little bit too much how you like this woman I feel like you should oh, tone shit. it down a little bit Oh my god, don't be jealous. Ugh, you like her. You tolerate her. Okay, sure. You even miss me when you're with her? Yes. <laughs> Do you even think about me when I'm gone? Do you even think about me when I'm gone? Those boys are so funny. I love them. <laughs> uh, so... I was I was talking to her one day while I was reading and I was like, so listen, you have this, 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 this. This is why it's this person. And then I got home. This is why and I'm I hot. This is why I'm <laughs> hot. This is why this is <laughs> Well, then I got home and I ended up realizing that I wasn't far enough in the book. Because like I said, I was on like page 16 when I made the freaking original prediction. I came home, I read a little bit more, and I was like, okay, nope, this is the person. So literally that, I wrote all that information, and then I wrote that at the bottom right after. So That's awesome. Yes. I know that we said that we really love the way this author writes, but I want to talk a little bit about why. Um, okay. And I feel like this author does basically all of the things that I adore in writing so first thing I want to say is that the last book was supposedly about the nutcracker but it didn't feel really Christmassy at all this book even though it had nothing to do with Christmas was so Christmassy to me like she is talking about how you know they're in it's Christmas time and then she's making references to Christmas crackers like every moment that she gets she's talking about Christmas Krampus all these different references and she sets such a Christmassy tone for a story that could very well happen in the middle of summer you know what I mean the only yeah. reason essentially the only reason why this book was Christmassy was because they all wanted to get home for Christmas but the way that she wrote it she set the scene so beautifully that it was a Christmas book. A thousand percent it was a Christmas book. I would agree with that. I mean, even during part of uh, the the travels on the train, they were doing like these little little pub quizzes and they actually made it Christmassy. And for as much as I'm a Grinch, it actually didn't bother me how she did all the Christmas bits in this book. So that that's a huge thing right there this is kind of this is a total side note i said it before and i'll, I'll say it again but my sister-in-law said that i loved that a european cottage christmas is my is my aesthetic when it comes to christmas and i didn't really know what that meant but now i do but i love christmas so much but i love 
London Christmas. I've never been to London during Christmas. It's on my bucket list. Freaking trust me. But London Christmas and New England Christmases to me, like New York Christmas, you know, Massachusetts Christmas, those specific spaces. I, I love Disneyland at Christmas too. I used to go to Disneyland at Christmas all the time, but I just, they're just so stunning. It's literally like taking the most beautiful places that I've ever been and then making it a thousand times better with Christmas. <laughs> I love them. I also realized that as much as I love English things, I need more English book recs because the the character said she said something and it was very English. And I was like, I need all the English recs. So if anyone wants to send some my way, I just I just want to pretend I live there. Jen, do you have a specific like aesthetic when it comes to Christmas? I know you don't love Christmas at all, really, but the Grinch aesthetic. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> well, OK, Ooh. so listen. Ah, that's it. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that is me. A hundred percent. So then does your hatred, I, I know where your hatred of Christmas comes from, but the way no. you, the way you say things sometimes kind of alludes to the fact that you don't hate Christmas. You just hate things that you have to do on Christmas. No, I, okay. So Christmas is not what it used to be. And it is literally just an excuse to get in, get presents for 90% of people. And I, love Thanksgiving more because we're literally there just to be around family. And I would rather just be around family and not get the presents, not have to give presents and just be thankful that I have my family still versus making, being this whole society where you make yourself go broke to make sure that people know that you love them by a gift that they're getting or you know having to appear happy to people during this time of year because it's the most wonderful time no the fuck it's not i'm sorry but i have lost loved ones during christmas time i i don't have the people that i want near me near me so why the fuck should i be happy and thankful and you know want to make myself broke to send somebody something that might be something that they actually use or not use or just put in a pile somewhere like Rachel and I we have this relationship where I spent very little on her but I know she's going to appreciate everything that I got for her and I know that it will be used Mm -hmm. so I like that part of it's fine I used to love seeing my child's face light up every time that she saw what was underneath the Christmas tree. But at the same time, I was going broke doing it. So this year I told her we're going to have a small Christmas. I'm not going to overspend. And I still did. But at the same time, it's like, it's a norm to want to make yourself broke, not be able to pay your bills or I'm sorry, but you people that are out in public, you are the worst. It's like everybody becomes a different person during this time of the year, and it really just pisses me off. No, no that's good. I mean, it's good to have the different perspectives. Um, I don't let society get to me like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I have the Christmases that I want to have because it's what I want to do. You know what I mean? And like this year, of course, it's a smaller Christmas, but like, 
sometimes it just has to be a smaller Christmas. Sometimes you have to just give people um, handmade gifts. And like, I, I, I don't, I specifically don't do what people tell me to do. So like me not having a quote unquote, like what society wants me to have, like, I'm never going to let myself feel bad because I can't get someone, you know, expensive gifts, What I, which I feel is what a lot of people do. They beat themselves up because they can't afford to get the the biggest, best thing. And then it's, they, they just like my mom, she's, she's like, you know, I, I wish that I could get you more. Why? Why, why are you putting yourself, why are you putting that kind of like, that kind of stress and expectation on yourself when it doesn't have to be? Why? Because society says that you should get the biggest and best presents. Why? Like there's, I can understand you not liking the Christmas aspect of like, because people do get really rude and gross. And is that because they're, you know, stressed because they're trying to make the biggest and best Christmas and get the, you know, like who cares? Who cares? You know, like why let other people affect you that much? I understand that people hate the consumerism of Christmas, but you don't have to have a consumerist Christmas. Have Christmas traditions where you guys make your own presents or have Christmas traditions where you don't. You could very well have a Christmas where you don't exchange gifts. No one's forcing you to. You know what I mean? Right. I would love a Christmas with no presents because that to me is not Christmas. Christmas to me was going to my grandmother's house and sitting on the floor while my aunts and my dad were uh, on the couch and the chairs and we're all talking and laughing and watching like a Medea movie or playing a board game or just that quality time. Mm -hmm. That's what I miss. My grandmother's not with us anymore. So now Christmases are spent apart. It takes just knowing that you're appreciated and that's what society has lost. And I don't, like to take part in Christmas because of the fact that that has been lost. People are so ungrateful for what they're getting and they forget what the true meaning of Christmas is really about. That's taking weight on your shoulders that you never should. Like, yes, society is not what it should be, but you can't control society. You have no idea. The fact that that one guy was like very excited to get his special someone something I mean, that's what matters. You know what I mean? Like the the whole rest of the year, you don't sit there and worry about what families are doing. And if, if you know, the mom is doing everything right or if the kids are, are appreciative of what happens. So why bother doing it for Christmas? Another thing that I like that the author did um, is that she, I think, expertly towed the line between show, don't tell or show and tell. Because a lot of people hate, and I will die on this hill that I adore, I adore the need to show. Um, because, and and people are like really coming for it on social media. And it's like, there has to be a level of show. And they're like, that's only for screenplays, or that's only for this, that's only for that. And it's like, I do not want to sit there and read an entire book of exposition. I'm sorry. If I do, then to me, that that author can't write. That's my opinion. But this author, Alexandra Benedict, was stunning. Um, there was one scene where Roz was trying to get, she was in the cab. And it was, it's in the very, very beginning. And um, 
like she is saying that she doesn't want to disappoint her daughter and there is a few times during the book where she says and this is where tell comes into place she says that she doesn't want to disappoint her daughter which is fine but the author also shows how she could disappoint her daughter she shows it in flashbacks in conversation she shows that Roz is kind of scattered because her her thoughts go from one to the to another to another you know she's panicking she's showing her worry it's it's like she's doing both show and tell which is what you should do um and also in the same vein is this one scene she did both the both show and show not tell and also not giving all the answers because you know that I don't love getting all the answers so she's in the cab and the cabbie looks you know she's talking to the cabbie about how she um is going to meet her daughter or going to see her daughter and then the cabbie looks at a picture of his children and he looks at it sadly And she notices that he's looking at the picture sadly, but she doesn't ask him because it's not her place. So she, it's something that she noticed. And then as she gets out of the cab, once, once, you know, her time in the cab has come to an end, um, when she gets out, he looks at the, at the picture again and makes the sign of the cross. And then the scene ends. And I, God, I, I, that was perfection. That was perfection to me. The way that it was written, the way that it was done was stunning because you know something sad happened, but you don't know what happened. You don't know why it happened because we don't need to know. We don't need all the answers. We just know that it was a it was a moment where one person, you know, was showing their emotion and showing that something was going on and we didn't need to know all the answers. And I, that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire book. I thought it was gorgeous. Okay. Wow. I didn't really take time to really appreciate it like that. Yeah. This book was difficult for me. Um sure. and, and Rachel actually checked up on me. <laughs> <laughs> because I made a comment last week that we like trigger warnings in the beginning of books and this this book did not have a trigger warning and I didn't realize some of the content that was going to be in it and I wasn't ready for it and which again it's it's like they're not necessary but like this is exactly a reason why they're appreciated yeah um I've I've really 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 would have appreciated it don't think that it took away from anything of this book because I really did like this book, but I would have just loved the heads up that there was going to be abusive situations in this book and that there would have been a sexual assault in the book. Just in my opinion, it would have been beneficial Mm -hmm. Uh, because reading it, And just, like, having to kind of come up on it was really tough. And I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to finish the book. And I struggled with it a little bit more than I realized I did. Yeah. But obviously I finished the book. And it was great. And I I love the book. (laughs) But how did you handle it? 
because I, I know we've we've had slightly similar situations. I think that a lot of us um, have had situations happen that, you know, that are similar and whether we talk about them or, or tell people about them. Um, I am usually really, really good. And this one was really rough for me. And I knew that if it was going to be really rough for me, then it was going to be really, really rough for you. Um, and if it never got to the point where I, I almost didn't read it, but it got, there were, there were parts that, that hit really hard. Um, and there are times when abuse is brought up and it feels to me like, ugh, you're just using this, like, ugh, you're just using this as a plot device. Ugh, this is just a plot device. Um, the way that Alexandra went about it so bluntly, so unapologetically and so raw. And there were, you know, multiple individuals who had multiple, um, experiences and it was just, I almost feel like if you've ever experienced anything, um, along those lines, I almost feel like when you can, that I would suggest reading this book um, because it's almost like she took everything that you want to hear and said it to the characters. But um, I feel like that there's a lot that, that you can take away from it, if that makes sense absolutely and the reason i didn't say my favorite quote in this book was because i i needed to wait for this conversation um actually i will say real quick um my favorite quote and i even thought about this when i when i read it oof oof um my favorite quote you can say is i know and I don't know if you understand that, and I'm not going to explain it. I'm not going to explain it farther. There was a moment up on the on the mountain, and there was there was an I know that happened. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yep. So, yes, and obviously, like this hit home for both of us. Um, but this quote right here kind of hit me. Even if your feet weren't touching anything, you were always strapped in on a ride. And unless you were in the wrong place and the wrong time, a roller coaster wouldn't kill you. Love, though, quickly had its hand around your throat and wouldn't stop squeezing until one of you call time. And, yep. If you've never been in in an abusive relationship, you've never experienced the roller coaster that is that relationship then that quote won't hit as home for you but relationships like that are so volatile that you literally are on a roller coaster you never know what is going to happen you never know what is going to set that person off or what they're going to do and sometimes what you think is love is not and even at one point she says that she was love bombing and I understood that, but I didn't understand that while I was in the relationship and I didn't understand how it would affect 
the relationship in total or me afterwards. And I can say that that quote right there, it literally broke me for a few minutes. And like I said, yeah. if you if you didn't if you've never been in the situation, it won't hit as home for you. But that was a that was a really good one. So good job to her. She literally put things exactly how it was and how other people feel, but you just can't say. Because we're all too strong. It would never happen to us. Yeah. <laughs> we thought that. <laughs> we always thought that. And then it did. <laughs> there there was one other quote um, that says, should be simple, shouldn't it? If you've been hurt don't hurt others but it's not i've i haven't attacked anyone but i've pushed people away for the slightest reason even my own family and again it's like i felt like i was getting called out because no, you don't expect to hurt people because you've been hurt but you do push people away when you're in those type of situations because you think that's what's best for them so yeah or even right. because it, or even because of the the love bomb thing you know what i mean it, i i get uncomfortable with not to be too transparent but i get uncomfortable with even the slightest bit of affection because you know what i mean yep if every bit of affection is um tallied and every bit of affection comes at a price then you don't want the affection <laughs> um yeah. so um, Jen, do you have any other thoughts? Any final thoughts on the book? Read the book. That's it. Yeah, for real. It was it was it was really good. This book was written by Alexandra Benedict, and she is on Facebook as Alexandra Benedict, and she's also on Instagram as a.k.benedict. She has a she writes both as Alexandra Benedict, which is mostly, from what I'm understanding, Christmas-related situations. <laughs> so she has the Christmas Jigsaw Murders. She has this one, Murder on the Christmas Express. But I'm looking and she has Murder on the Christmas Express was written. It was translated in so many different languages. I love that. That's gorgeous. Yeah, so she she has a few different Christmas books that she's written. And then also as... A.K. Benedict, she's written other stories, such as The Beauty of Murder, which I believe was her debut novel. And she just has a really cool aesthetic. I love her Instagram. It's gorgeous. So I would definitely suggest checking her out. I, I would love to check out her other stories, for sure. With how this one was, I'm almost positive I'm going to. I just... <laughs> The the one thing that has me hesitant is obviously the Christmas shit, but you know, it's just me. <laughs> she wrote an audio drama uh, for Doctor Who, The Hunting Grounds. Uh, the Hunting Ground. I'm reading this directly from her. <laughs> I'm reading this directly from her Instagram. My new audio drama is out today. The Hunting Ground is set in Iceland and stars Metal Tooth Wolves and the Werewolf si and the Wonderful Sixth Doctor. Loved writing this. Thanks to the lovely Colin Baker and the rest of the cast, Alan Barnes for script editing, John Ainsworth for directing, and Steve Foxen for music and sound. <gasps> How cool. I'm stoked. I love Dr. Who. I think I kind of love her. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote for Rose Tyler, too. 
I've written for Rose and the Tylers. My story, Ghost Machines, stars Billy Ty- Billy Piper, Camille Kuduri. I'm not saying any more of these names, but and will be part of a marvelous box set out from Big Finish next year. Dude, she writes a lot of Doctor Who stuff. I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. <laughs> She's like <laughs> all of my things rolled up into one little yeah she's so cool okay listen the christmas thing is so you the doctor who is kind of us now because i kind of got you on the kick you totally recruited me it's fine i I did and then of course she's got the agatha christie (laughs) vibe i love her i love it yeah and if you go through her insta it's all like she's got so much like creepy spooky stuff on there too which listen um yeah i'm friend requesting her right now just so you know anywho um so everyone check her out also jen can you tell everyone the situation for next week (laughs) i was gonna say well because we're not reading sorry guys we're we're gonna be i'm gonna be reading something i'm sure i'm finishing the voldemort book for fucking sure i'm sorry can you please (laughs) i i would love to this is i want it off our tbr wow well that's okay i still have book two that needs to be read too i know so folks we are not reading for the podcast this upcoming week uh we are going to take a week off because we've been going since may literally just nonstop (laughs) reading book after book after book after book after book so literally a book every week since may 21st i believe the date was the first week of june was the week that our first episode came out yeah and i think the book came out two days before my birthday no it came out on my birthday (laughs) so yes so we've been going for a while that (laughs) yes Um, that means for the uh, second of January, there will be there will not be an episode. There will be an episode on January 9th. Yes. So sit back and relax, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. So we are reading for our episode on January 9th. The Daughters of Block Island by Krista Carmen. Yay! <laughs> Honestly, I'm actually really excited about our, our January lineup. Um, it's going to be an interesting month. Yeah, we have one of the books that Rachel wanted. And the last week of the month is something that I very, 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 very much want. Um, I have been bugging rachel for like three months for this book so yeah (laughs) i gotta pre-order it in in a couple weeks i know we could have already done this book but the the edition it's being re-released and so we wanted to wait for the for the pretty edition (laughs) listen i saw this cover i don't care if the book has been out for three four years i don't care i don't care this book looks gorgeous with the way that it's coming out now and i need it and <laughs> i stopped my feet until i could have it and she finally let me have it 
<laughs> so there are a few other things that are are going to be happening um in january so we will we will dive more into that on the episode that comes out on the 9th that way you are all up to date um but i don't know i think it's been a really cool a really cool past year with with this um podcast absolutely I've met a lot of cool people and great authors and we had a guest. I mean, we wow. had a guest. I know. Who would have thought we would have had a guest this quick, but we did. <laughs> so, who knows what twenty twenty four will hold for us? But magic. We'll find out. Yes. Right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much. Um, if you can like, subscribe, do all the things, but also, if you can leave a review on whatever platform that you are listening, please leave a review for our podcast. Frankly, anything. If you you know think that we're super awesome and perfect and don't need to change anything, by all means, go ahead and say that. Um, if you think that I say um too many times, go ahead and say that. Whatever you want, leave a. Leave a one star, leave a five star, leave a two star. Just uh, leave a little review for us. Let's Thanks. be honest, though. You won't hear as many ums as this woman says because I delete so many of them off of the edits. Um. <laughs> Do she goes, um, yeah, um, okay. So, um, and I'm like, bro, how many times are you going to say fucking um in like two seconds? All of them. All of the times. But I say, well, I agree. <laughs> you say basically. Oh, basically. Well, basically, oh. basically yeah. what happened was. <laughs> it, we call each other out on our, our shit all the time. And it's fucking hilarious because I don't realize what I say half the time. And she, I don't know if she realizes it. Because sometimes when she gets really excited, she goes, <gasps> and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes <Guess>. that <laughs> it's so great i love it <laughs> but all right guys thank you so much and we hope you enjoyed this one go read this book and uh yes stay tuned for our next year's episode yay <laughs> bye, bye.